Good morning. We are Dafnun Gimel Amud Base. Dafnun Gimel Amud Base. We're in the last run, the last uh, Amud of the second last Perik. Until we start the last Perik, Metzashem. The last Perik is primarily a Gadita, so we'll try and go a bit faster. This is a very interesting Amud, and Andrew called me last night to remind me to bring my uh, bits and pieces, which I did. And we'll show you a very interesting, uh, something very practical with relevance to this Gemara. So let's have a, let's have a look. Daphnun Gimel on the base. Ve'ein mavarchen alaneh at sheyu usay. Now the Mishnah tells us that when it comes to Matzoi Shabbos, we make a bracha of boireim oire eish. That's how we paskin, like beshilol boireim oire eish. But you can't make that bracha at sheyu usay until you've benefited from the light. Now there's a big machlekes v'shainim which I'm not going to discuss today, but just out of interest, whether actually the bracha is a birchas anenin or not a birchas anenin. Is it a birchas ashvach or is it a birchas anenin? Is the fact that you have to be nana from the lights, does that mean that therefore it's a birchas anenin like eating an apple? Or is it no? Is it really a birchas ashvach? But you can't make the shvach until you benefited because otherwise you, you, you don't have any connection to that light in order to be able to make, to, to be able to say the shvach. And that's a discussion in the Rishonim, which is relevant to a little bit of Pshat and the Gemara, but I, I don't want to go into it now because it's not, <coughs> Sunday morning is not the time. But Al-Kaponi, the Gemara tells us, the Mishnah tells us, The Mishnah doesn't mean that you have to directly benefit from it. As long as you're standing near enough and you'll be able to use the light, even if you're far away. That means even if you don't actually benefit directly from the light, but you're able to be mishtamish la'ira, that's considered enough, that's considered yu'usa la'ira, and you can make a bracha. So you begin to see from the Gemara that it's not clearly a bichas hanenin. Says Rashi, lo yu'usa mamish, she'afil even if he hasn't actually benefited from it, love. He can still make the bracha. My So, what does the Mishnah mean when the Mishnah says that you don't make the bracha until you benefit? Ad We're talking about a light that one is able to benefit from for those who are standing next to the light. And then you can make the bracha of Bayram or Ish Afilar Khaikim Menu, even if you're far away and you're not actually benefiting from the light. Ulvat as long as you can actually see the light. So this Mandam of the Gemara is very clear that the bracha of Bayram or Ish is not a bichas hanenin, it's a bichas ashrach, because otherwise the fact that somebody can be nana from it, but I can't, shouldn't allow me to make a bracha. If I watch you eating an apple, Josh, I can't make a bracha of berry, berry pre-age, right? It's lovely to watch you eating an apple and enjoying your apple, it's fantastic, but I can't make the bracha of berry pre-age because you're being nana. So yeah, when it comes to berry ma'ore-age, when, as long as somebody, as long as somebody's able to be nana from it, I can already make the bracha despite the fact that I'm not. That doesn't make much sense. Clearly it's not a bichas anenin. We're talking about from a far place, a, a dist, from a distant place. Mystery. goes and asks the question: If he had a lamp hidden in his chest, that means under his clothes, or Rashi learns a panis means an ashoshis. Uh, it's a little bit complicated, Ashosh. Let's do, let's do the Gemara and then we'll discuss the Ashoshes. Or he saw a flame and he didn't use the light. Or he used the light. And he never saw the flame. You're not allowed to make a bracha until you see the flame and you actually use it and you, you, you benefit from that light. You So we see from here now that you have to be Mishtamish Layra. So the Gemara explains this questions as follows. The Gemara elaborates a little bit. It's all very well if it's Mishtamish Layra. And he never saw the flame. Now we can understand. How is it possible to use and benefit from a light without actually seeing the flame? That's possible. The for example, you were standing in a corner and the light was just around the corner, but the, the light spreads beyond the corner. So you can now benefit from that light even though you're not directly seeing the candle. How is it possible for you to see the flame 
and not be mishtamish la'ira, and yet still, and be allowed to make a bracha. How can that be? Lav the merachka can't it be? Don't you think he's talking about when he's in a richuk mokim, so you can see the flame, but it's too far away for you to actually benefit. So we see from here that richuk mokim I can't make a bracha, and you just told me you rebuked in the name of Rav and Ravashi that richuk mokim I can make a bracha. Shigemar answers like you're going to Amyev Ozla. You saw a flame, but it was on the way out. So you saw the flame, but you didn't have a chance to actually benefit from it. And that the Bryce tells us you can't make a bracha. But if you see the flame, and it's possible to be mishtamish la'ira, then that's enough for you to be able to make a bracha. The country of Ashi says Rashi, the panas ba'ashoshis. Now uh, the 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 what's this called? This case of ne tamuna bechekoi ibe panas. So we know Rosh means that he saw the flame, but he, was, he, he didn't benefit from it because it was Amiyav Ozla, according to the Gemara. It was on the way out. Or he was Nishtamish Layer, but Rosh Levis, that's talking about when it's in the Karen Zovis. But what's Tamuna Bechekai Bepanas? What does that mean? Tamuna Bechekai is, I've got the light, and it's there, it's right near, but I can't benefit from it because it's covered. Right, so I've got it under my, and it's covered, so I can't benefit from it. Fine, but at least it's there, and I'm able to benefit from it. What's bishbashoshes? It's in a glass. If I put a light in a glass, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with light with the nebashoshes? I can see the flame, and I can benefit from the flame. So, so the Rishonim don't like this Rashi, but panis meaning ashoshes, because what's the problem with it being bashoshes? Unless Rashi means that ashoshes means a frosted glass could be that in those days it didn't have clear glass like we have today so a shush would be frosted and it was less visible and therefore I might have thought you don't make a brach um, therefore the brass tells me I can't make a brach on that because it's not a visible light it's not a visible light but otherwise a shush is difficult in Rashi the simple understanding of a is a, is a glass is difficult isn't there a question as to whether or not a glass is a mechitza a mechitza for sure we discussed that earlier, but here we're talking about can I, and there we say it's not because I can see. Depends how how you learn something. Gemara says as long as you can see it, it may not be. It may be a problem. You mustn't be able to see. Here we want to be in a situation where you can't see because that's why you don't have to make a bracha. So it's bechekoi, so you can't see it. Or it's bepanas, and you can't see it. The question is, if it's in, in a glass, why can't you see it? And to say that because it's behind a glass, that's already not considered seeing light. I'm seeing light through a glass. That's not enough direct. <coughs> A direct view of the, of the candle, that's a chiddush. And that's a chiddush in Rashi. But you can read the light, you, 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 all your lamps have glass around them, don't know, every single bulb that we have has glass around it. Fine, so why does it say here, I can't make a bracha? It says in the Bryce, I can't make a bracha. But the Bryce says, if it's in a panis, I can't make a bracha. And Rashi says, panis means a glass. Like a lantern sort of thing. Even if I can see it, I can't make a bracha because it's considered covered, and that's not called seeing. Seeing through glass is not called seeing. The Rishonim discuss it, and, and uh, they, they bring you Rishalmi. The Rishalmi seems to side with Rashi that through glass is not considered visible enough to make a bracha. Very difficult to understand logically, but it's a Rashi. Rashi said, "Bapanas means glass. You can't make a bracha. You can only make a bracha Okay, we can only make a bracha when it's Rashal Heves." Which according to Rav and Ravashi means that you are able to be Mishtamish Layer. And I wear my glasses, I'm looking through a glass. Correct. But the lamp's not in a glass. Why should it be different? Uh, you see, you're all, you're all making Rashi, uh, 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 Rashi didn't understand how to explain himself. Rashi says one word, and that's all you need to know. If he meant a shush is hanging, or a shush is on the floor, or a shush is uh, when you can't read, uh, he should have said so. Rashi says a shush is implies that a lamp inside, a candle inside, and a shush is, is not good enough to make a bracha. This would be extremely relevant for, for, for instance, Matayim Kippur, when, when we take the, the outside candle. Which is inside Nashashis, except that you can benefit from on top. So it's possible to actually direct benefit. But then you benefit through the side of the glass. Called the Rashi's Mashra from this Gemara that you can't.
Glowing coals, Coals that are more or less on the way out. Extinguished coals. They're hot, but they don't have the they don't have the fire there. You can't make a brach on them. What's considered leichashos? Or how how much fire is considered a flame that you can actually make a brach on it? If you could put a a kissim a, um, a splint, that's the word. Thank you. But doilk doilekes, and it'll mele, it'll catch light on its own. That's called loichashos. That's enough flame to enable you to make a brach on it on Motzai Shabbos. Iboilu umemois oymemois. The Gemara then goes and asks the questions. What's the word? This is just a technicality. The Gemara says again in in in, in Sechtas Psachim. Same question. What is umemois or is it oymemois? Is it with an aleph or is it with an ayin? Tashema the Omer of Chista Bavdimi. It says arozim. Loi, let's read the other passage properly. Arozim loi amamuhu, that began elikim. Arozim loi amamuhu. There, the passage means arozim, the cedar trees loi amamuhu. They haven't been cut down, began elikim. So we see that the word to extinguish, to cut down, to remove, is is amamuhu with an ayin, and therefore it's not gecholim umamois with an aleph, but it's gecholim umamois umamois with an ayin. Fine. Comes along the Gemara now. Rabba Amar Yehusamamish. Rabba says Yehusamamish. No, it's not good enough to make a bracha just by being able to benefit from it. You have to benefit from it, Mamish. The Kama. What's called benefiting now? So Rav and Rav Ashi say Berichug Mokim because they hold you don't need to benefit. Rabba says no, you do need to benefit, and and that's how we pass him. Rabba like Rabba, you need to benefit. And even in Rabba, there's a machlek, there's a discussion in the Rishonim where there's actually a birchas hanenin. Rabba just just means to say that if you can't benefit from it, then there's not enough of a light for you to. You have to benefit so that there should be light there. It's considered light that you can actually give the shvach. But upon him, it needs to be direct. What's called benefit? I'm sitting. At the distance from a candle, I'm benefiting from it. I might not have direct benefit, but I'm still benefiting. What's called Yusei Mamish? The Kama Oma Ula says, Ula, Kadei Shayaki Ben Issa Lepunjan. So you can differentiate between an Issa and the Punjan. Rabbi Yehud, Chizki Oma Kadei Shayaki Ben Melumza Sheltaveria, Le Melumza Sheltsipuri. Rashi says, Yusei Mamish, Oymed Besomuch. Says Rashi, Yusei Mamish, he's going to be standing right near. How many Rashi doesn't tell us? And I'm going to tell you in a moment. How close do you need to be? Says says the Gemara, first Mandama, you can tell the difference between an Issa and a Punjan. Simple. You have two coins, a coin called an Issa, and a coin called a Punjan, and you've got to be able to differentiate between the two. That's how close you have to be. Okay? So if I give you a, a 50 pence piece, or I give you a 5 pence piece and a penny, and you want to be able to tell the difference between the two, how close you have to be? Five p and a pound. A ten p and a pound. You won't be able to tell the difference from far. Ten p and a pound. One's thick, one's thin, one's uh, one's a different size, and no shaykhs. Sorry. Yeah, but in the dark you won't be able to tell the difference between yellow and silver. I think you could be quite far away to tell the difference between a ten p and, and a pound. Ten p and a pound. An is and a punjin. We have no idea what an is and a punjin is. I'm going to show you an is and a punjin in a minute. And Chizki comes along and says, "Kadesh Yakir bein melumzis shaltaveria lemelumzis shaltaveria." What's the melumzis shaltaveria? Says Rashi, "Melumzis is a mishkel." So there was two weights, a weight called a melumza, and they differed slightly in taveria and in and in sipuri. Uh, and we don't know exactly how much they differed, but you can imagine if they're both called a melumza that they weren't very far apart. So you've got a weight. Which is a melumza, and they were almost v- identical. They must have been slightly different sizes, very slightly different sizes, because they came from different different towns, so they had slightly different weights. But it was almost the same thing. And you hold the two, and you can tell the difference. That's how close you have to be. So the the the, the, the amoraim are trying to tell us how close you need to be, right? Now, if I take a five p and a and, and, and a and a penny, you don't have to be very close at all. You can be quite far away to tell the difference between a five p and a penny. What's an isa and what's a, a punjin? So, Rabbi, so I have here a set of coins from the time of Chazal, real authentic coins from the time of Chazal, and I have an isa and a punjin. And I'm going to tell you something very interesting. My, they're old coins, so they're not so clear. But there's absolutely no difference between an isa and the punjin. They are identical coins. 
the Romans made a, a fundamental mistake and they, they minted two coins identical identical the only difference between the coins and I'll show them to you and you can't see clearly but if you look you might be able to see it the only difference between the coins is they both have a picture of Caesar on one has a picture of Caesar wearing a laurel wreath and one has a picture of Caesar wearing a crown that's the only difference between the two coins you might have on the, on the other side of the coin sometimes a difference, sometimes not depends what picture they minted on the, on the other side of the, of the coin but the difference the fundamental difference between a Issa and a Punjian was the wording on it and the crown the head of the Caesar that is it, there is no other difference same metal same thickness, same size exactly the same coin and I'm going to show them to you, they're exactly the same coin difference is that mine are not so clear I've, I've seen other, other clearer ones, real ones where you can literally see the clarity the difference between the laurel wreath and the crown and that's it, so if you're talking about here the difference between being Issa Lepungian so I got my children once so I said give me two 20 pence pieces uh, I don't know if you ever noticed but some 20 pence pieces the queen's wearing a crown sometimes she's not take those, switch the lights off shut the curtains Put a half dollar candle. How close do you need to get to the candle to be able to tell the difference between a 20 pence piece where the queen is wearing the crown and a 20, a 20 pence piece where she's not wearing a crown? You need to be pretty close. In fact, you need to be very close. So according to this Gemara, the smichus is really close. You've got to really get your fingers right there to be able to tell the difference. And if you don't believe me, I have a set of coins here from the time of Chazal. These were found by the Living Torah Museum and he, he he made about 300 sets he gave one to Rebel Yashiv so there's an Issa let's see if I can find you my punjin that's a kun trick and you'll see something some fascinating things in these coins here we are here's a punjin this is a punjin this is an Issa alright the punjin that's an Issa they are identical coins you see they are identical I don't want to mix them up because I don't know myself the difference between the two. <laughs> so I'm going to let you have a look. If you if you look on the on the punjian, you can see in the punjian he's wearing a crown. Have a look. The Caesar's wearing a crown on the punjian. You can t- pass it around. Don't worry. It's it's, it's made it's made not for show. It's made to to learn. That's that's the punjian. He's wearing a crown. But the malumzas I don't have. No, I don't have malumzas. Pass it around. When that's come back, I'll, go, I'll pass around the other one. I just don't want to mix them up. Because they're so identical, they'll lose. I'll forget which one of which. <laughs> and anybody after, after she wants to see the rest of the coins, I have here a, a dinner, I have a, a fruta, I have a ma. La real things. They were found in shipwrecks. Some of them are. You come and see some of the others, you'll see how small they are. Have you seen them all? You ever seen them all? Have a look. That's a mo. That's the second most expensive coin in the set. Mm. See how small it is? Mm. The Gemara says in Bob Metzir, Darky Shaladan, Lamashmish Rikisa, Kol Shah. I always ask the boys in school, I don't understand. When's the last time you put your hand in your pocket to make sure your coins were there? Do you ever put your hands in your pocket? But if you take a tiny little uh, um, SIM card from your, from your phone and you have it in your, in your shirt pocket, you know, you're constantly checking to see it because it weighs nothing. Now, if you have, you're carrying a maw, a maw is this size. This is, it's so small because it's silver. It's real silver. And because it's real silver, it was expensive. This was, the, this is the second most expensive coin in the set. The most expensive is a dinner. But this was the, uh, the common expensive coin that was around. So if you had these in your pocket, you jolly well checked your pocket all the time to make sure they were still there. It, it weighs nothing. It's, it's extremely small and extremely thin. The, the the others are bigger, larger because they're because they're they're copper. They're they're they're, they're copper. They're all copper coins, and because they're copper, copper was much more common. It was much less expensive. The cheapest of them all is the pruta. My pruta has been well worn, as you can see. It's been uh, chipped off. They used to chip them off to get some of uh, get some of the metal, but that's the size of a pruta. Tiny. You can understand. They jolly well. The most expensive coin is the dinner. This is a dinner. That's real silver. It's a dinner. That's the most expensive coin by far. So y- y- if we look in the Gemara in, in Kedushin, Dafyud base, the Gemara tells us the, the value of each of these. Mm. The Gemara tells you two. We'll have a look after Shemitchem Josh for a minute, and you'll see exactly how much these are worth. And you see the dinner's worth much more. Once you finish now, you've got the. the you can have a look now at the the Issa. That was the Pundin. <coughs> look at the Issa. It's an identical coin, right? 
It's almost identical. Exactly the same. Looks the same. Weighs the same. Same thickness. Same size. Look, if you look carefully, you see the crown is a bit different. My my punjinista have a slightly different picture on the back. My punjinista have a different picture on the back. Where's my Where's it gone, my my Issa? Oh, you got it. But it has a slightly different picture on the back. Some of them have the same picture on the back too. You have to get the Gemara because I'm not very good at remembering. Uh, I've been through the Gemara about a hundred times, but I don't remember. It's two. It's everything's two, two by two by two. Yeah, I'll show you. Can you see it's exactly the same? It's, not, it's the same coin. Evidently, the Romans made a mistake. And that's why the Gemara has been Isilapunjan. The Gemara doesn't say a difference between a, a, a dinner or a contract, because those are easy. You can stand really far away and you can tell the difference. Uh, here's a, a, a mismus. It's, it's a fundamentally different coin. It, it weighs nothing. It's, it's half the size of the other one. The thinness is half the size. In, in, in size wise, it's smaller. It's a different coin. You take a contract, it's a completely different coin. Tiny in comparison. So you don't need to be, you can be far away. The Gemara picked two coins which are identical. Because that's how close you have to be. The Gemara wants to tell us how close you need to be. You want to know the value of it? Or it says in Kiddushin, a pruta is one eighth of an issa. So there's eight pruta in an issa. It's per- just because it's older and it's been worn away with. It doesn't. Re- it's not really light. It's, it's an identical coin. You can see it's identical. It's the same thickness. It's, it, it's these. They've been sitting at the bottom of the sea for for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So they've been worn away a bit. The six more kesef in a, in, a, in a dinner. A more is shnei punjin. A punjin is shnei isrin. An isse is shnei musmasim. A masmas is shnei kuntrikin. And a kuntrik is shnei prutis. So a punjin is, two, there's two punjins. Punjin is shnei isrin. There's, a punjin is, is worth two isrin. An isse is worth two musmasim. A masmas is two kuntrikin. Kuntrik is two prutis. So two issa in a punjin. So a punjin was a, was a more expensive. The punjin was more. Don't mix them up. Who's got what? You, you've, it's gone backwards now. It's gone back. Well, I'll work them out. I, I know the difference, but you, you are in the dark. You, you, you're just benefiting from the light. So it's got to be done in the dark. Sure. Does it help with a magnifying glass? Well, don't forget, they didn't look as dark as that. They were probably clearer, and, and they had writing on, and they could read, read um, Latin. They could read Latin. You had to check carefully, yeah. One was double the size. I mean, the short one, you had to be careful. It's, it's not really thinner. It's a touch lighter because it's a slightly more worn. You wonder how much these are worth nowadays? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you. They're, they're worth because they're ancient coins, so they're worth a lot of money. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about it until we carry on. A beautiful story. Rabbi Yashiv once phoned him up and asked him, next time he comes to Eretz Yisrael, sent him a message, please bring me something interesting. Rabbi Yashiv used to love looking at all these kids. So he came to Eretz Yisrael with, uh, once, and he brought him a set of these coins. He just... He, is, he pays for shipwrecks and he's, he's got f- fantastic stuff his living toy museum Mr. Deutsch Mr. Osher Deutsch Rabbi Osher Deutsch and he, he's got fascinating stuff there so in, in the shipwrecks he finds coins so he, he made himself about 300 sets of these coins and he sold them and he, he, before he sold them he went to Rabbi Yashiv and he brought in Rabbi Yashiv a set Rabbi Yashiv just sat there completely mesmerized he's a man can you imagine a man who, 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 who spent his life learning Gemara and, and he, he's talked about an Issa and a Punjin and a dinner and he's never seen any and suddenly it's come to life he, he was just mesmerized he sat there looking at the coins he couldn't take his eyes and he said he wants to buy a set how much does it cost so well, what's he supposed to tell Rabbi Yashiv uh, the real value is about two to three thousand dollars so he's not going to tell Rabbi Yashiv three thousand dollars so he said five hundred five hundred sixty dollars so five hundred sixty dollars so fine Who, who's got what does anybody know who's got what so it's come, coming backwards now Who's so Rashi said, okay, he said $560. So he got up. This was a week after he had his open heart operation. Now, Rashi had that open heart operation 
on the local anesthetic because they weren't allowed to give he was too old to have an anesthetic he had on the local anesthetic there was no doctor in the world who was prepared to actually operate because he was too weak there was a junior doctor in America who said he's prepared to take the risk because he knew if, if he doesn't survive what's he lost he's only a junior doctor if he does survive he's made his name so he came over and he did the operation and he did survive but they didn't know the family didn't know exactly he lived for two years afterwards the family didn't know whether the operation had any effect on his mind and this was the first time he'd come in after the operation and he came in and he sat down and he looked at these coins then he said he wants to pay for them so he said okay $560 so he gets up he walks down his little corridor and opens a drawer and he pulls out wads of single dollar notes ancient single dollar notes I mean anybody who'd ever given him a dollar at any time in his life he put it in that drawer and he'd never spent them wads and wads of ancient dollar notes some of them were so you know, out of circulation ready for, for years and he counted out 500 after 300 he said to him enough he said no no I want to pay for everything he gave him $560 single dollar notes to pay for his set he sat there and he um, and he said to him do you mind do you have 15 minutes so he said yeah I have 15 minutes so he said fine he sat there and he put his hand on his on his eyes for 15 minutes he sat there thinking at the end of 15 minutes he opened his eyes and he says ah, I now understand 19 Gomorrahs that I didn't understand till now <laughs> for example our Gomorrah here the Havkin ben Issa Pundian the Gomorrah says what's the shear what's the shear of a what's the shear of a hole in an estrich that makes it possible an Issa did you ever know what size that was? You now know what size it is. What's the shear in, 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 in the Gregorius? The shear of a hole in the Gregorius for Trefus? She's an Issa. Th- there's so many Gomorrahs that are relevant that, that one, you don't know whether, you, you don't know until you've seen it. Who's got which one? Who's got why? Anybody remember which one's got what? No, the, the first, one, first one I gave you was the Issa, wasn't it? Yes. It's not Hebrew. It's it's Aramaic. It's uh, ancient um, um, Latin. On the other side, that looks like. No, there's no Hebrew. Like. On the other side. This is the name of the emperor. That's that's the name of the emperor. And that side. And this side it just tells you what coin it is. It's uh, uh, X X something. And this is the one with the uh, with the crown. Crown. So 15 Gemara, 15. At that point, the, the family said, we now realize he hasn't lost his mind at all. His mind was a- intact as it was before. He went through in 15 minutes, a man went around, shas, probably bubbly, you me, to, w- w- where does Issa, where do coins come up that he's never understood? 1919. 19. He said, every day, Yashub called his grandson and he said, go and buy me a safe. I want a little safe. So what do you need a safe for? So I want, I want to keep this safe. They're, they're value, they have more value to me than all the money in the house. I want to keep it safe. He went and bought himself a little safe. And every morning after Shachris, he'd come upstairs. As he was eating breakfast, he would lie these on the table in front of him. And he would eat breakfast watching this set of coins. He was just so fascinated by, by having something tangible that, that he spent, he was in, in his late 90s, something tangible that he spent his life discussing. He just, it was just, uh, he, he, every morning without fail for breakfast, he'd talk them out and he would, he would watch them. Just stare at them as he was eating breakfast. I'm sure when he was staying, he was thinking through the Gomorrahs again, but, uh, Fascinating. Fifteen minutes to go around Shas Josh, right? Just like that. Fifteen minutes. Unbelievable. Nineteen different halachas. Nineteen halachas. Whoever's got the punjan, uh, don't lose it, because we're going to carry on the Gemara now. And Julian, if you ever want to see the coins, Julian, you have to knock on my door, or send me a message, and I'll bring them around to you. We are still definitely on Gimel on the base. So I promise you, Andrew, did I, did I meet, meet, uh, meet expectations? <coughs> they cost me a lot of money, but they were worth it. You can work at Shabbat Pruta, yeah, but you don't have much of Pruta's worth. You can't look at how much that we're worth there, because that's an ancient coin, so it's got historic value. How much the value? Very hard to know. But I don't think it worked by weight. Like our coins don't work by weight either. You said the Mo is the second most valuable. The Mo is the second most valuable coin. These two, these two are silver. The Mo and the dinner. There's six Mo and a dinner. So, and if you look at it, this probably is roughly about six times the the uh, the, the size of the Mo. And this Mo has been worn down a little bit, but it's 
it's almost perfectly round still and there's six of those in a dinner. The dinner's very, there's very light. You want to have a look? Okay, sure, you don't trust yeah, me. Here, well, have a look there. You can hardly feel it. Can't feel it. Weighs, weighs nothing. I didn't buy it for looks. <laughs> I bought it so you should both learn a piece of Gomorrah. Feel it, look. Yeah, nothing to it. You can pass it around if you want, but we're going to carry on the Gomorrah. There's absolutely nothing to it. That's the most expensive coin I have at dinner. Uh, your ksuba is worth not very many, just a few of those. It weighs nothing. You have that in your pocket, you, you're going to think to yourself, one second, have I still got it? That, that, that's an expensive coin, so that, that could buy you, you know, a, a good few months worth of food. Just that little coin. You're not going to leave it in your pocket without, without feeling it all the time. Do you see the difference? When they tell these coins, how do they know what was what? How do they even read them? Oh, I see. He reads ancient, this uh, Rabbi Daesh reads, reads ancient Greek, ancient... Uh, oh, I'll tell you another, and something interesting that, that I saw <coughs> from him. In the Gemara says in Masechus Ksubus that uh, you, a woman comes into marriage, even if she brings 400 maidservants, you, she's got certain obligations that she has to do to her husband. Because otherwise she, they end up becoming bored and getting up to stuff they shouldn't get up to. And one of the things that they, they get up to, the Gemara says, is they play with little dogs. What's little dogs? They play with little dogs. So Rashi says, Checkers Belaz. So what checkers and little dogs got to do the price of cheese? What's one got to do the other? So this gentleman once read a an ancient Greek scholar who wrote a little history of what goes on, what went on in 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 ancient Greece in Greece in the time of Chazal. His name was uh, Julius Julius Pollock, I think it was his name. And he's got the 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 copy of his of his manuscript, and in there he describes what people did in their spare time and he talks about them playing checkers and he writes there that the checkers pieces were called little dogs Rashi doesn't explain that Rashi must have known yeah yeah well Rashi was, could read probably ancient Greek I can't read ancient Greek or something yeah some aspect Rashi just says checkers Belaz so, so there's so much information in the world that we don't understand until you and, and you know and he's brought it to life that's why he calls it a living toy museum he literally brings it to life so you can you can you can see a picture of Alexander the Great on one of his coins he's got a coin with a picture of Alexander the Great on it wearing a mane of a lion Medjish Nechum says Alexander the Great used to make to make himself look look more scary he used to wear a, a mane of a lion on his head he's got you can see it on the coin amazing carries on the Gemara If Yehuda would make a bracha on the fire of Be'adadayla, which was quite far away. If Yehuda actually says, If Yehuda was quite far away from his house. If Yehuda did not need Somoch, so therefore he could make a light, make a bracha on a light from another house at a distance. Rav would make the bracha only on that on a fire from Be'guria de Be'chama, Somoch le it was near, and it must have been a bright light. Rav says he needs Somoch. Now clearly you don't need so Somoch, but it's got to be a, either a very bright light, thank you very much, sorry Stuart, either it's got to be a very bright light, you can come and have a look afterwards, there's no, no, uh, we're not running away. Either it's got to be a very bright light, and then it can be a bit, if you have a, a massive light, then you don't have to be so close. If you have a tiny light, then you need to be close enough that you can actually benefit. That means it, the, 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 it's very, very subjective, very objective rather than subjective, meaning it depends on the flame, how close you need to be. Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, sorry, Abaya Abaya would make the bracha on the fire of of his father's house, of Be'ba'avua. You don't need to go run around looking for a fire. In the same way that you have to run after mitzvahs. Meaning, if you have a, fl- a fire, then make a bracha. If you don't, you don't need to make a bracha. Originally, I would run around looking for the fire. Once I heard this statement from from Rabbi Once I heard that Rabbi Yudah says, you don't need to run after a fire, I stopped looking for a fire. If I had one, uh, automatically I found one there, it was at home anyway, then I would make a bracha, otherwise I wouldn't make a bracha. It says, Rashi, 
So now we come to the next piece of the Mishnah. The, the final Machlekes, so not the final one, but the almost the, the penultimate one of Machlekes in the Mishnah. The Machlekes Bishamah Bissidl, Misha Achal, the Shachach Birch. Somebody ate and he forgot to say Birchas Amazon. Does he have to go back to where he ate? Or can he say Birchas Amazon where he is? Omer of Zvid, the Itemer of Dimi Baaba, Machlekes Bishachach. The Machlekes is only if he forgot. But if he's bemezed, if he intentionally went away and without benching, then he has to go back, return to his place, and say bichas amazim. Pshita it's obvious. V'shochach tenan. He says clearly in the Mishnah, Misha shochach, Misha achal v'shochach. So what would you mean? Thank you for your diak. Mezid. The Mishnah says Misha achal v'shochach. So what, what do I need you to tell me the dig for? It's poshut. Ma'adu teim says Gemara no. Who are they? I feel bemezid. I might have thought that who are they? I feel bemezid. Why do Tony b'shochach loy diachok koychem to beishamai to tell me the chiddush of beishamai? Even a greater chiddush because beishamai says yachsinam koymoi. And I might have thought if you would have said mezid and not shochach, I might have thought that shochach you don't have to go back. Therefore, I need the mission to tell me the case of shochach that even then beishamai says you have to go back to the original place and make them and, and say bichas amazon over there. No, the Mishnah says shochach intentionally. That shochach is where they they argue, but maybe they don't argue. Tanya, We learned in the Brisa that there was a conversation between Beisel and Beishamai as follows. Let the Vreichem, according to you, Beishamai, that you need to return. Somebody ate at the top of a palace, right the way up, ten floors up. V'shochach and he forgot v'yared v'yared and he came down v'loy birich and he didn't say birchas amosn yachzul l'reisha he's going to go all the way we're going to be matriachim you're going to make him go all the way up to the eleventh floor in the in the in, in the um, row three and the shabbos you can't use the lift so you're going to have to go all the way up again all eleven floors you try walking eleven floors it's easy to walk to the, to, to the row three it's getting up the stairs which makes it which is difficult you're going to be matriach a person that far. Somebody who left a purse of money at the top of this palace, right away on the eleventh floor of the royal free. Will he not go up to retrieve his anarchy? He would go up to retrieve his anarchy for himself. Or the Mosse should go up or the Mosse should go up to, to bench in the in, in the place that he, he ate. Is there a Rashi here? No. Hani tre Talmidi. These two Talmidim, Chad Ovid Bishagig, one forgot and Bishagig Kibishamai, and he went back and he said, Bichasamazan in the place that he ate like Bishamai, Vashkach Arnika the Dava, and he found a purse of gold. This is a, a, a simmerman ashamayim that you should follow Beishamai here because he went back and he found a purse of gold and since Beishamai used the example of, of a purse as the, his proof to, to negate Beishelul so therefore he found a purse of gold. The Chathof is Bemezid One Bemezid left where the place he was eating and went elsewhere for Achle Arya and he got eaten, eaten by a lion. He got eaten by a lion. Rabbi Babachana Rabbi Babachana was traveling in a caravan. Ochal, he ate Ishtali and he forgot Vulaibirch and he did not bench. Amahechi Avid, so he said, Now what should I do? Iaminalhu and Shoi Lavorich. If he says to him, if they say to he says to them, I forgot to bench, Amrili Brich, he'll say so make say bench here. Wherever you're going to say Birch Samozen, you're saying Birch Samozen to the Brain Shalim. So, what difference does it make if you're here? What difference does it make if you're there? Your Brain Shalim is everywhere, right? Hashem is here, Hashem is there, everywhere. So, what difference does it make if I make a Birch Samozen here? If I say Birch Samozen over there, what's enough give me So, and I won't be able to fulfill the halach of Bishamai. Mutav Daminalu and Shoi Yoyna the Dava. Better that I should say to him, I forgot a golden dove. I left something precious there. Please wait for me. Omalu, he said to them, Antridi, please wait for me. Dan Shoi Yoyna the Dava, I left a golden Dava there. Ozidi went back to Borich and he said, Bichasamozen, but Ashkach Yoyna the Dava. And he found a golden Dava. He found a golden Dava. So why did we talk about a Yoyna? Why did he say he left a golden Dava? And why did he find the golden Dava? The Matili Knesset Israel, the Yoyna. Because Kali Israel are, are compared to a yoyna, to a dove. The chsiv, kanfe yoyna nechbe, kanfe yoyna, the wings of, of the, of the dove, nechpa bakosef, is covered in silver, every seho birakrak chorutz. Every seho means its limbs, I assume. Birakrak chorutz. What does birakrak chorutz mean?
Just like the dove is only saved by its wings, Afisrol will only be saved by mitzvahs by doing mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are comparable to the wings. They help us spread. They help us soar. They help us rise and, and reach great heights. Rashi says, even though he was uprooted by mistake, he was machmi like Bishamay, and he returned back to the place that he ate and he made a bracha. He had to go, so he didn't bother benching, he just went and said, I'm going to bench elsewhere. Then comes a story with Rabbi Baba Chana. And he unshoy yoyne the dove. Shachach the yoyne shulzor. He said, "I forgot a golden dove." Yoyne ene nitzos el bekanfer oz berachas oy berachas. Either it flies away, <coughs> so the wings help it move, or nilchama berashiak fer. Or he uses the tips of its of its wings to, I suppose, to poke the eyes and of the of the enemy and to try and disorientate the enemy so they can they can flee. But the wings are the key part of the yoyna that help it defend itself and so to our mitzvahs b'shas we're doing mitzvahs it helps us and saves us from the enemy and enables us to reach the, the kedusha of the mitzvah the mashal points out that this uh, there's many psukim where kedusha are compared to a yoyna and this pasuk where we discuss the knofer is not really relevant to our gemara it's more relevant to the gemara and shabbos the gemara talks about elisha who wore tefillin and the, and it turned the the tefillin into comfort yena when the Roman stopped him to see why he's wearing tefillin it turned into comfort yena so then we we discuss and we say why a comfort yena and we quote this pasuk so it's not really relevant here the marshal says a gav over there we talk about comfort yena so we mentioned it over here as well but all we needed to say over here was a pasuk or uh, any pasuk that that describes kavod as a yena which it does in many many places so this is just a by the way piece of the piece of gemara. Ad Amosai. Now to the last Machlekes in the Mishnah between Beshama and Besil. Ad Amosai. The Mishnah says, Vad Mosai Mevorich. It's not Machlekes. This is clear in the Mishnah. Ad Mosai Mevorich. Ad Kedeshi Sakla Mosai Shebemayov. This, this is not Machlekes. There's one more Machlekes afterwards. Ad Mosai Mevorich. Ad Kedeshi Sakla Mosai Shebemayov. Until when does one make a bichas a Mosai? Until the food has been digested. So the food has been digested. What's the shear of digestion? As long as you're not hungry. So you've eaten and you're not hungry, then that's, for some people that's about five minutes, and for others that's, uh, that's a couple of hours. Shlaki says, no, as long as you're thirsty from the food. So again, it would depend what you eat, and if you've eaten a pizza, then again, it'll take you a couple of hours to get rid of the thirst of the cheese if it's something else which is not so so uh, salty and not so uh, doesn't cause such a thirst it'll be less but the the barometer says Rabbi Yechon is when you, is your your hunger and the country shlok is your thirst did Rishlokish say that the barometer the measuring the yardstick is the the thirst so the, the time it takes to walk four million uh, uh, the time it takes to walk four million pastors if you take like the shitters a mill is 18 minutes so the time it takes to walk four mill is 72 minutes if you take on like the gone that a mill is 22 minutes then the time it takes it'll be 90 minutes million. so you're talking about somewhere between 72, mil, 72 minutes and 90 minutes post eating post eating if that's the case why does he say it depends on thirst? Shmuel answers like Kasha. Can ba'achila meruba? Can ba'achila muetes? One's talking about a large achila. One's talking about a small achila. Which one's which? Says Rashi. Achila meruba is dalad milin. Achila meruba is dalad milin. Meaning that if you eat a large meal, then the the it's not dependent on thirst. It doesn't depend on hunger. It depends purely on time, and the time is dalad milin for seventy-two minutes. And you have seventy-two minutes to be able to bench. If you wait 72 minutes post your meal, then you can't bench. The achila mut, then it depends on whether you're hungry. It depends on whether you're still thirsty. But achila merubah says, Rashi, now what the Gemara doesn't tell us, what's the difference between merubah and mut? I mean, for some people, uh, a whole eight-slice pizza is, is, is considered merubah, and for some it's considered mut. It's very hard to know what merubah and mut means. No, you don't think so? Uh, you think eight slices is a lot? 
alright I'm sure you've seen some Bochum Yeshiva eating like my Yitzhak in the go pretty sure says Taisus Taisus disagrees Taisus says Rachila Maruba Dalad Milin Kach Pirish Rashi Dalad Milin Rachila Maruba is Dalad Milin that's how Rashi learns Velin here says Taisus Shazem Muad Yosem Yachila Muetes Elon Nirelef what's that mean Shazem Muad Yosem Yachila Muetes Dalad Milin is less than the Yachila Muetes that means the, the thirst will last longer than the 72 minutes no, no, sure, you're not true. You have a pizza, a few pizzas, and then you're thirsty for about three, four hours afterwards. You're constantly taking drinking, and if you're drinking water, all right, no? I'm actually not asking. I'm not going to ask you, James, because I don't think you eat pizza that often. <laughs> so, taste out some cashew. What's 72 minutes? If it depends on thirst, thirst can be longer than 72 minutes. Therefore, it says, taste is Elanir Lafarish Ipcha. Achinim Ruba Kozma Shut Soma. Achinim Ruba is as long as you're thirsty, and that can be for hours. There ain't Shom Kitzvah. There's no end to the, the, the first. The first can be thirsty for a long time. Have a more dollar million. If you're having a small meal, then it's dollar million. Dollar million is 72 minutes. And that's why we're passing in our locker, 72 minutes. Dollar million. That's the share of the Kedeiko. Now we come to the end of the Mishnah. The final case of the Mishnah. Etc. And we come to the end of the Mishnah. We're not going to discuss this machlekes because we've discussed this machlekes at the beginning of the parak. So we're now on to the last line of the Mishnah. And Rashi explained to us over there in the Mishnah that the reason why we answer our main, even if you don't hear the full bracha of the Yisrael, because we know the Yisrael is making a bracha to the Rebbeinu Shleilam, but Akusi we don't know. Maybe he's making a bracha to Hagrizim, and therefore you have to hear the whole bracha before you can answer our main. The memory of Yisrael, Afagav, the Leishama, Kula, Bracha, Aina. This Mishnah tells us, we see from this Mishnah that Yisrael, even though he never heard the full Bracha, you're allowed to answer Amen. How can he be Yitzah the Bracha if he hasn't heard the whole Bracha? Because the Gemara understood that this Mishnah is talking about Halachas of a Suda. And if you're making a Bracha, we're talking about the Bracha of a Suda where you're being Moitzi other people and enabling them to eat. So therefore the Gemara asked a fantastic question. Where is it possible for you to answer Amen? If you want to be Yitzah, what's it going to help you to answer Amen? You're not Yitzah if you don't hear the whole Bracha. If you hear half a Bracha, even though I'm allowed to answer Amen, Maybe, but I can't be Yitzer. We're talking about no, his gentleman wasn't eating with them, he was just heard the bracha. He happened to be walking past and he had the bracha, he can still answer on me. He can still answer on me. We're talking about when he doesn't eat with them. Says Rashi. Parish law of the Gemara, Barish Pirkin. The Gemara has already explained this piece of Mishnah in the beginning of the Perik. The Beishamai in Bichasamazan to Nakos, the Beishil to Nakos. The Askonis of Gemara was the Beishamai Bichasamazan does not need a Kos, and according to Beishil, it to Nakos, it does need a Kos. The Gemara understood the Mishnah, the Beishamai allows you to drink before you say Bichasamazan, because Bichasamazan does not need a Kos. That's a simple understanding of the Mishnah. The Gemara tried to find different ways of explaining the Mishnah, but in the end, the Gemara came to the conclusion the Beishamai holds that Eino to Nakos, and the Gemara brought a Bryce from the as such, and Beisil who says you mustn't drink, you must first bench and then drink only afterwards, make the bracha afterwards, because they hope Bichasam wasn't to Unakos. Bichasam wasn't to Unakos. And we discussed in the Shion Thursday the concept of to Unakos, the halacha, how we pass in the halacha, whether it does need or doesn't need. For those who are not sure what the halacha is, you should look up Shulchan Aruch. We initially thought that we're talking about a bracha at a meal, and one of the people who are in, going to partake of the meal wants to be yaisi with that bracha, and we're allowing him to be yaisi, even if he only had half a bracha. How can that be? Which the Gemara answers, no. Of course, if he wants to be yaisi the bracha, he has to hear the whole bracha. But here we're talking about somebody, he never ate with them. So Rav Lechia Brei, Rav said to Chia his son, Bri, my son, Chatoif Uvrich, grab and say the bracha. Rashi learns, Kishmashit in Kishl Bracha, have a Machazashit Neil Lachot Utavarich. Try and uh, make yourself prominent that they should give you the Kais, so you should be the one to say Brichus Amazon. Chatoif Uvrich, grab the opportunity to be the Mavarich for Brichus Amazon. Rechenam Ravuna, Le Rabba Brei, so Ravuna said to Rabbi son, Chatoif Uvrich. Grab and make the bracha of Bichas Amazon. Remember, we see from both these statements, both these conversations, the Mavarich Adif. Amen. The Mavarich is better than answering Amen, because if Amen was greater than the one who said the bracha, then you're better off not saying the, being the Mavarich. Let somebody else be the Mavarich, and you just answer Amen. You'll get extra schah. 
So we, from the fact that Rav told Chia his son, and Rav Huna told Rabbi his son, that you should chatei for brich, we see that the mavarich is adif. Miman da ani amen. Vatanya, but we learned in the verse, Rabbi Yisai, my God, I know amen. Yes, mavarich. The one who's I know amen is greater than the one who who makes a bracha. Amen. Rav Nehoyroi, Rav Nehoyroi, is Rav Meir said, Hashemayim kenu. He said, Yes, that's how it must be. Teda, I'm going to show, prove it to you from the mundane on this world. You see, don't forget, this world is a mirror of the spiritual world. So if we can see how things work in this world, we'll understand how it works in the spiritual world too. And therefore, he said, Teda shari gulayin yordin umetagrim b'melchama vegiboyim yordin menatzchim. When you a country wages war with another country, first he sends out the gulayin uh, with the footmen. Right? The side he calls gulayin. The Oruch says the Gularin are They send out the lower ranking soldiers. They do the groundwork and they start the war and, and begin to overtake the other side. And then along comes the officers and the higher ranking soldiers and they come afterwards and they finish the job and they're the ones who won. They're the Manatseach. And they're the ones who take the booty and, and everything. And the, the, the Mishasim get very little. Same here. The Mavarich is called the Gulayrin. And the Giboyrin are the ones who come up behind and say, Amen! Because they're not going to take, they finish off the bracha, then Manatzech, and they get, they receive the extra schah. Shishkumar answers, you're right. Tanoi is a machlekis tanoim. The Tanya echad amavarich echad oino amen be mashma. And the Shamarim lavarich is mino oino amen. So Bryce says clearly, echad amavarich echad oino amen be mashma. Both are included in the scha of a bracha. And the Shamarim lavarich is mino oino. But the scha of the mavarich will come quicker than the scha for the oino. So this Bryce says clearly that the mavarich is better then when it comes to scha then the oina amen and before the other, the other brace of rebrace he said amen is better than the mavarich so we have a machlekes and rabba uh, and rav and ravuna both took on like the second brace of the god lahamavarich min ha'ina rashi says b'mashma ha'ina v'hamavarich b'mashma kumu baruchus Hashem lekechem all included in the passing of kumu baruchus Hashem lekechem v'aymer v'yavarchus Hashem k'vaydecho that's the answering of Amen. In the base of Mikdash. means they would answer 